Welcome back to Real Talk with Real People. My name is Dr. Caroline Pathia Jones, and we are back in the house, and we're going to talk about part three of our spirituality versus religion. And I have the sisters, Helping Sisters in Christ Ministry crew with me today. Hello, ladies. Hi there, Caroline. All right, now. So we're going we're gonna to jump right into our conversation, and we're going to talk about um, Christianity. That's our topic today. We have a couple of questions that we're going to ask, and we're going to try to um, um, be brief with our um, conversation, but at the same time, we're going to, you know, speak right off the cuff. So I'm going to ask you ladies this first question. How have you been affected by Christianity? Meaning, what I'm trying to say is, how has your life changed because of Christianity? And we can get started with that question. So whoever wants to jump in there and go first, just go jump in there and go first. I'll get started. My name is Vicki Sims. And how my life has changed with Christianity is that when I first was introduced to, I guess, religion at a young age, my parents didn't take us to church. And when I got started in religion, it was around seven or eight years old, and I got baptized as Catholic. And, you know, I went to Catholic school, through grammar school, through high school, and um, did the, the sacraments, you know, got baptized and all that. But for me, I was missing something. Okay. You know, um, I couldn't understand or didn't feel comfortable telling my sins to a priest, you know. And then afterwards, and you know, doing the rosary thing for uh, repentance. And okay. there was, I needed something more. And when my mother got sick, you know, I didn't have a conversation with her about it, but I knew I had a yearning inside me for more. And I would say I got introduced to... Um, Another side of religion, when I went off to college, I went to college here in New Jersey, mm -hmm. and there was a young lady there who would, you know, ask the girls about going to church with her, and that she would, you know, feed us, go to her parents' house, and we would have a meal. Okay. So that's why I went to church with her. But going, she was in a, a sanctified church, and we were there for a long period of time, and that's where I was introduced to, a, I guess, a... a with the songs and the, 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 um, the I guess, the, the sermons. Oh, okay. And I felt something. Okay. okay. I don't know what it was, but I felt something. Okay, it quick, had some quick substance question. to it. Quick question. So, mm -hmm. Christianity had, as you had learned it in the beginning through... You, you went to Catholic school. Yes. So when you went to Catholic school, it was it was assumed that you were going to take on the Catholic religion. Is that yeah, well? What it I was, was? baptized in. Oh, so you, you was yeah. baptized yes, as a Catholic. As a Catholic. Okay. All right. Yes. All right. And so so we, I did the the uh, um, confirmation, all that stuff okay. that you do as a Catholic. Okay. We're gonna mm -hmm. revisit that um, when we talk about um, the different types of Christianity. Anybody else want to share their experience? Sure, I'll jump in. This is Anita. And my what I recall from my exposure to Christianity was my grandmother. My grandmother would come around and visit us often and it was always going to church on Sunday. Four brothers, only only girl in the family, so she saw to it that I went to church. And as I had that exposure with her, there were other folks that knew my mom and we I would always be whisked away from the house to go to church with them again four brothers mm -hmm. the, the little girl needed to be off to church to learn godly things and 
that was that was exposure. Um, Vicky was mentioning about all day in church. I remember a neighbor of mine behind me. Um, her there was a, 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 another young lady, same age, and I would always play with her. They were at church all day long. And I would go with them in the morning, the afternoon, we come back, have dinner at their house, and then go back to church at night. Holy sanctified church. But that for me seated church. It was always Baptist church, and it seated religion within me as, as I understood it and seen it through those eyes. And this was all before I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. And I was baptized when I was, I had to be in middle school. And it was just something that you did. The chair, the chairs of the, the doors of the church were open, the chairs were set there, and you would just go up because when I did it, I felt moved to do okay. it. And I sat there with one of my best friends and we just cried. I don't know if we would cry because we were afraid <laughs> or if by the age of 12, we had did some hellacious stuff and we felt oh, the sins of okay. God upon us. <laughs> but nevertheless, it was to join the church and we were baptized. And in my life, I, I was baptized twice then. Nope. Okay. And then I did it another time. I was about six months pregnant. And that experience was amazing. I really felt transformed mm. and being baptized, carrying my son mm-hmm. at six months. It was just amazing. And we'll talk about okay, that yeah, as we'll, we go we'll, down we'll, the road. But yes. yeah, mm-hmm. so, so that was that introduction to it. And how it affected me, it made me realize that there is a place that I can go to to speak my heart and seek comfort. Oh, okay. Who else? Well, my, my experience with uh, Christianity um, as a child, we went to church every Sunday. I come from a very big family, so church meant family to me. So all my cousins would go, my grandma would go, my aunts, my uncles, we all went to church on Sunday. So that was just a place where I hung out with my family. I never really thought about it as a place to learn about God or to make any changes in my life. It was just another place to hang out with my cousins, another place to have fun. We had a lot of fun at church. We, we, we had so much fun in the pews, paying attention to ourselves and not what the pastor was saying. Um, but I did always enjoy the choir. That's one of my favorite things, even to this day. I really love listening to gospel music. It does something in my chest, my soul. I just get these tingles all over me when I hear the music. So that's one of the things I remember at, at an early age. Um, I got baptized when I was 12, um, only because I was 12. It wasn't, I didn't request it. I didn't tell my mother, oh, I want to. It's just, I don't know, you're 12, and that's what happens at that time. Um, So you just do it. It was just something to do. I checked it off the list. All right, did it. Didn't mean anything. Um, I used to go to vacation Bible school every summer. That was fun. We played, you know, had a good time. We learned a lot of verses, so I'm well-versed in the Bible. I also read it, you know, later in life in my 20s on my own. But... I was very familiar with verses. I loved the way verses sounded. You, you know, you hear them so much that you just repeat them. But I didn't have a real relationship with God or any personal connection to Christianity until my 20s. And to be specific, it was in 2009 where I really felt like the stuff I had learned all those years was starting to manifest and mean something to me instead of just me going through the motions. So I can say I was really happy that I was exposed to Christianity at a young age. Uh, some people don't say that. That's a weird sentence. I'm really happy I was exposed to Christianity because usually people say the opposite. But for me, I'm happy that 
that was getting deposited in me so that I knew when I was having trying times, what verses to say, how to pray, who to go to. Like, I felt like if I never had experiences with church, I wouldn't have known what to do. So that's my experience with Christianity. Okay. Adrian? Yes, uh, I'm Adrian. Um, when I was 10, I um, had the experience of going to my grandfather's uh, church, which was actually Pentecostal, and I call it Holy Sanctified, which I went for a year with them cause I, because I lived with them. But um, after that, I moved on um, and came to New Jersey, and um, I met a friend in school who invited me to her church, which was a Baptist church. And in the Baptist church, I felt that there was something there for me, but I didn't know exactly what it was. And at that time, I was 13. Um, I, knew, I felt there was something there for me. And when, at the end of service, you know, um, the minister or the deacons, um, they stand up and they ask, if you want to um, give your life to the Lord, you come up. And I felt that that, that was what I wanted to do, so I did, and I got baptized. Now, that was at 13. But, um, and I stayed with that church for four years. And um, after that, I didn't go to church. I had my grandmother, my mother's mother, who was a Jehovah Witness, who always read her Bible and would have me read with her her Bible. And that was my actual first uh, effect of what my life could possibly be by reading with her and listening. Even though I didn't quite understand everything that was, was written and I read it and it was just something that was placed within me. I did not give my life to the Jehovah Witness um, ministry or church because it, it, it wasn't something that I was really interested in the way of their teachings. And then I went back to the Baptist church, but it took me 15 years to give my life to the Baptist Church, and I was rebaptized at the age of 33. And from that point on until this day, I have tried to commit myself to being a Christian and learning about what it is that my life is supposed to be. Okay. Well, it sounds like everybody has had exposure to church. So I'm gonna ask you, Kalia, have you had any exposure to church? Hi, I'm Kalia. And my family really never taught about the church, but when I was in sixth grade, I met this girl. She was always looked at as being like weird or whatever. And she had really long skirts. She didn't have her ears pierced. She didn't, couldn't wear nail polish or nothing. So when I actually talked to her, I'm like, oh, like, why do you wear these really long skirts or always have your hair like to your face or whatever and she said she's Pentecostal and I never knew about you know Pentecostal what that was so we became best friends so when I started hanging around her I didn't see nothing weird about it I just thought she was just another you know person 
So her family invited me to church and I went. It was really, it was loud. Everybody was like praising and I was just looking around cause I really didn't know anything. So like they were praying. I'm just like, I guess I have to like close my eyes and think about <laughs> whatever. So after that, I just started going cause I guess I enjoyed it. But I never really, my family was just like, oh, you went to church. They really never, you know, right. told me about it. Right, I understand. And you know what's what's funny about all of this is that everybody has had exposure to yes. church, mm-hmm. right? And the thing about religion, Christianity is should only be one religion. Mm-hmm. And when you when you think about it as being one religion, you say, "Oh, Christianity, that's a religion." But there are so many different avenues of Christianity that every single one of you sitting into this in this room right now has had a different experience when it comes to church and what you believe in. We have Pentecostal, we have Catholicism, you know, um, Jehovah's Witness, Methodist, Mm -hmm. and then Baptist. There are so many different avenues that you can go, which brings me to my next question, which is a double question, actually, because I was going to ask, how much do you know about the religion that you were born into? And then I'm going to also ask the third question, what did Jesus teach? Because every single one of us have such a different experience when it comes to our church going or physically going to an actual church. So I'm going to ask you, what do you know about Christianity? What do you know about this religion? You know that Jesus is the center figure of this religion, but what do you know about Jesus? What did he teach? And I want each of you to tell me what you think about that. I just want to start by saying, um, since you mentioned all those different denominations, I have no idea what any of the denominations represent. I don't see myself as a Baptist, even though I've been to Baptist church more than anything. I consider that the black church, but clearly there's a bunch of places that people have gone, but I don't know the difference. What what, what makes um, one denomination different from the other? It has to be something that one believes that another doesn't. So I've always considered myself to be non-denominational. I just say, hey, I'm just a Christian. I don't know. I just, okay. I love the Lord. I believe mm-hmm. in God. That's it. So I don't really even know what all these different, you know, things are. I have no idea. Um, and as far as Jesus, I feel like his teaching was always, what he represents to me is always someone who was obedient to the word of God. And that's how he moved. He knew his mission. Um, he was very steadfast in it. They say he's the perfect man who never sinned. So it just seems like he was really, really, um, godly. So that's just something that as our figure is somebody that we should aspire to. And when his teachings in the Bible, it says that he mostly taught a lot of lessons for people on how to live a godly life. He gave us examples and he taught us about loving God, number one, Mm -hmm. and loving your neighbors as yourself and also about forgiveness. So that's like his main tenets as far as I'm concerned. That's my understanding of it. So. Okay, so your understanding of Jesus is that he taught how to be a good person. <laughs> well, no. I'm, I'm asking. Not, I mean, you can be a good person and not a religious person. No, I mean, literally, he taught you how to obey the Father. Okay. Which is God. Okay. So, so it, it was more than being a good person because you can be a good person without thinking anything about a God. Okay. Do the rest of you feel exactly that same way? <laughs> that that's, um, that Jesus taught um, how to follow God? 
And so is that your essential message? And do you think that that's what the message, Jesus' message was? Because I'm trying, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a little bit of water, but what I'm trying to um, get you to, um, the question I'm trying to get you to answer is, I wanna know if you know specifically what it is that Jesus taught. What did Jesus teach? If I was to ask you, I don't know anything about this Jesus, I don't know anything about Christianity, and I'm asking you, what did Jesus teach? Um, if you ask me, what did Kiana teach? Kiana's for happiness. You know, but, um, I'm saying, but I'm saying, <laughs> what did Jesus? What did Jesus teach? I mean, Christianity is all about repentance, so I'm assuming uh, God taught Jesus taught repentance. But to me, that's not the main idea. I think that's the main idea of Christianity, but I personally don't think that's the main idea of Christ. I think he literally taught obedience to the Father and forgiveness and love. That's it. Yeah. I agree with that. I would have yeah. to agree yeah. with yeah, that. Agree for with that. Forgiveness yes. and love. Yes. All of y'all agree yeah, with that. Forgiveness yes. and love. Mm -hmm. What if I told you that that was not Jesus's message? Would you believe me? Hey, whatever. You, you I would say, tell me something. Oh, no. I'll be no. open to hear what you have to say. It, it, it is <clears throat> the great command, which is what is the great spread command? the gospel. What? Okay. Yeah. That's, what is the gospel? Spread the gospel. If, I, if, if, if spreading the gospel is the is is the great, great commission, command. That's the great, great commission. The great commission. That's right. Is spreading the gospel. Now I'm gonna ask you what is the gospel what is the gospel message what is the, jesus gospel all, message? I, well, I don't know jesus's gospel message because i always thought the gospel was the good news and the good what news is the good is news jesus, jesus jesus ain't talking is, about jesus. Right, wait so that's what i'm trying to say so you think that the good news of the gospel is jesus that's what i thought okay and, and jesus can't teach that because he's yeah. that and that yeah. doesn't come into effect until after he's gone so right. i don't know now i'm all confused so please well, to learn by example yeah, jesus also yeah. said to love God first. Love God first. Okay, so Jesus specifically told you why he was there. Do you know what, what, he, what that was? I mean, we well, know say, in hindsight. Man, yeah, but to I mean, reconcile. No, but you know in hindsight. So in hindsight, now that you know, why did Jesus say he came? To reconcile us back to God because of the sin. Jesus said that? Well, no, that, no, that, he didn't say that, but what All right, so what if I told you that Jesus' message was the kingdom of God? Okay, well then I guess Jehovah's Witnesses got it right then, because they always talk about the kingdom. <laughs> Tell us what that means. Yeah. But what I'm trying to say is when, when, when John the Baptist was um, baptizing and he was um, talking about um, this um, king that was going to come, this savior, this messiah that was um, going to um, start his reign, what was John the, John the Baptist's message was repentance, right? Yes. yes. And then after John the Baptist was beheaded and, and Jesus took over his mission of repentance, but Jesus began to talk about the kingdom of God at that point. And that's what John the Baptist was talking about, right? So everything that Jesus talked about was going to move us into the kingdom of God. Because remember, the Jews thought that Jesus was going to start that kingdom right here and now, right? Well, when was he going to start it then? <laughs> well, all right. Let's move on to some other questions as we start to talk about Christianity in a way, because this is what I want us to do. I want us to talk about what we know. I want us to talk about um, what we know about Jesus, what we personally know about him, because clearly we all have different ideas as to why Jesus came. And I think that's what the whole Christianity is about. Everybody got their own ideas 
about why Jesus came. All right, so question number four is, are we following Jesus' teaching or has Christianity veered off course? That's why the first question was so important because if you don't know what Jesus is teaching, if you don't know what his teaching is, then you can't really answer that question, has it got off course? Because we need to first understand what it was that Jesus was teaching. And then, did his disciples continue in that teaching? Did Paul continue in that teaching? Are we continuing in that teaching? Or did we just decide that we're going to create our own um, movement and call it Christianity? So that's the question that's on the table and any one of you can take it, any one of you can tackle it. Well, I, I personally don't think that Christianity has veered off course. I, I believe that it's more of transforming from Christianity as we all know it. We all went around the table and talked about our foundation and our roots for um, being within the church, recognizing God as Christ. But no matter if we said earlier, if you're Christian, if you're Methodist, Pentecostal, and I would even add in there Buddhist, Buddhist or what have you, you can go on and on and list it. But the supreme thing is spirituality and all those things, that's what it is and how you relate to the higher source. Um, and that's your connection. And with Christ, Jesus, with Methodists, the, the practices, it's, it's that. That's the seat of it all. And it, whether or not it's veering off course, I think that it's elevated to be what that is. And that spirituality, you as one seeking that connection, however you do it. And it's within that you have to do it. Okay. You have to recognize that and then that's how you get centered and seek that higher power and grow and believe and have faith. Okay, so Luke um, chapter four, verse 43 says, and I'm gonna read from the um, English Standard Version. It says, but he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. When you hear that, what does that mean to you when you hear that? What purpose? What do you think he meant when he said that? When he says, I'm here to preach the good news. Mm -hmm. Of the kingdom of God. He didn't just say the good news. He says, I am here to preach the good news of the kingdom of God. That's why I was sent. So let's talk about that for a little bit. What do you think that means when he says that? That came from Luke 4, 43. Yeah, we can pull out our Bible. <laughs> I'm just taking a little look. We can take a little look, you know. We can certainly pull out our Bibles. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what it says. What does that mean to you, though? I don't, I don't know what the kingdom of God means, yeah. you know? Okay, yeah, and, that's what I'm, that. That, and that's what I'm really getting to. That's exactly what I'm getting to. I mean, basically, when I hear that verse, it just yeah. reminds me that prior to this time, it looked like religion was just for one group, I guess the Hebrew Israelites or whatever. Okay. Um, but it seemed like now he's saying, no, it's for everyone on the planet. So maybe that's the change of opening it up and not making it. Because, I mean, we learned that, too, in Christianity, yeah. Yeah. that the New Testament is about the Gentiles, too, who were not, you know, originally into religion. 
So maybe that's what it's speaking of, how the kingdom of God is for everybody. Okay. So um, Mark, um, 14, Mark 1, 14 and 15 says, after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So we can say from these two statements that Jesus' idea of what the good news was was not about Jesus. Right, right. So we can, we can literally say from these two scriptures that Jesus' idea about the good news was about the kingdom of God. That is what we can honestly say that he told his disciples to preach after he left the kingdom of God. Is that correct? Can we say that? Yeah, yes. I agree. Yes, I, agree. I just now I just don't know what the kingdom of God actually means, though. Okay, yeah. and and that and and reason why I brought all that up because my second question was how much do you know about the religion you were born into? Clearly not, not as much as I thought before this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's what we were led to believe in and grow into, it's, right? Okay, and so it, how important is it for you to know what, um, what, what this religion that you are in um, says? How important is that to you? Or are, we just, or are we just following the masses? Or are we really trying to understand what, this, um, what Christianity details, how it affects us in any way? Or are we just really just trying to follow the masses? I guess that's what I'm trying to ask and get yeah. us to have a candid conversation about. I'm not asking for y'all to be scholarly. I'm asking yeah. for right from, from the soul and the spirit of where you are. How much do you know about Christianity? Well, and, and I don't think it's to follow the masses as much as it is to just have that foundation. So for myself, I found and, and, and I sought and found comfort in the word. Mm -hmm. um, I used to be a really angry person, um, come off very short with people, have no patience. And one day I just got fed up because I didn't like me. Okay. I flipped through the Bible and I came across the Bible verse of um, um, with wisdom, seek wisdom and with, with wisdom, get understanding. With all you're getting, get with understanding. With all you're, it, correct. Mm -hmm. And so with that, that was to help me seek that wisdom. Okay. To be patient, not be short, and it really transformed my life. I believed in those words. So that took me to another level in my spiritual okay. spirituality. But here's the point of it all. When friends were seeking and they needed help as I saw myself in them, I was able to put into them that same word that I found. I was a comfort to someone else that, in a sense, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. spreading the good news because here, I can recall when I sat in your seat and this is what gave me comfort. This is what gave me peace and I was able to help that individual who then grew and then they took it and helped another person to, to grow. And again, as I said earlier, it's that spirituality that connects. So that worked for me and I was able to go and pray and, and, and I found that working for me. So it is the good news. Okay, it is the good news. And what you're saying is actually making a lot of sense because let's ask this question um, just right off the cuff. Then what do you think the kingdom of God is then? 
Is the kingdom of God in heaven? Are we, are we looking to, to go to heaven? Or what is the kingdom of God to you? What does that mean when we talk about the kingdom of God? If Jesus' message was giving us an understanding of the kingdom of God, and he, in his own words, said the kingdom of God was near to you, and in, in one part of the um, scripture, you also said the kingdom of God is within you. In you. So what, right. does, what does the kingdom of God mean to you? Earlier in my last, and in, in, not earlier today, but in my last couple of um, podcasts that we had on Christianity, we talked about a host of a lot of things, a consciousness, a, um, um, the way the universe works and, and how we are all a part of it. A, a lot of things came out of those two um, um, podcast that we had the first time on spirituality and religion. So when we're talking about the kingdom of God, what exactly are we talking about? Where is, is it an actual place? Is it, is, it, is it a consciousness? Is it an awareness? Is it a place? Do most people believe that the kingdom of God is actually in the heavens? Are we going to what a place they call heaven? What is happening here is what I'm, I'm trying to get at. And, and I see you guys are shaking your heads, so you do understand what right. I'm trying to ask. Sure. So jump mm -hmm. in here and let's talk about that. I would say for me right now, mm -hmm. it's right here. Okay. Right here on earth. Okay. You know, and for me to getting myself right. Okay. You know, and like Nita said, you know, she found comfort in God's word. All right. I found comfort in God's word. And those who I meet or who are challenged, I too try to embark in them, drop little nuggets on them, okay, to help them in their, in their walk and their growth, okay. whatever they're challenged with. All right. So um, part of being part of God's kingdom is getting everybody to get to a place where they can go to God. Yes. Where they can reach out to him. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, no matter what your circumstances yeah. are. And no matter where you are, you don't have to be in the house of the Lord. Right. Right. right, because he's here. God is here for everyone. Yes. Okay, but is his kingdom not this entire world? Hello, oh, we're asking the question. Preach this it. is the conversation. This is what we're talking about. Come with it, Adrian. That's right. Oh. So you know, I'm asking the question about the kingdom. Where is the kingdom of God? How Me, how do we kingdom? become a part of the kingdom of God? I have been born. I am a part of the kingdom of God. I am here. Okay, so I am here. I have to be able to give myself to uh, the teachings of what I hear. If I, if I don't like what you're saying to me and I don't agree with it because I've read something else that I feel like I'm in more agreement with, I would lean more to that. But so the this is... The kingdom of God, God to you is, is, is um, messages that you hear? No, not, no, no, not messages that I hear. Um, they are what I have gotten from my reading of this Bible. Okay. So the Bible brings you closer to the kingdom. Right. Okay. But this Bible, I don't know anything about a Jewish Bible or a Jehovah's Witness Bible or mm -hmm. whatever other Bible. Well, the message should be the same. It doesn't, you know, you just find a Bible that's easier for you to um, understand. Okay. You say that. But I don't know that for sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we know. Because mm -hmm. you haven't read it. So right. I haven't read it. was in it. Right. But, right. you know, you're saying the message should be the same. But, it's the way the, but the way the world is going, 
apparently the message is not the same because look at what we're doing to each other. Well, that's the whole reason why we're talking about the kingdom right now because Jesus's message was about mm. the kingdom. So obviously he had a specific message that he was trying to teach. Mm. Um, and and I'm, I wanna know what is that specific message. So when we're talking about um, kingdom work, when you hear preachers and um, other people, they say they're doing kingdom work. What, what exactly does that mean, kingdom work? <clears throat> well, you know, in light of us pointing out that the kingdom is within you, Yes. To me, the way, see, I, I do not conceptualize Christianity in an abstract way. If I it didn't, I didn't care about it until I personalized it to make sense for me and how I live. Mm -hmm. So if the kingdom is, in, is within me, then kingdom work is what Kiana does to become a better Kiana. That's the only kingdom work that I'm interested in about okay. being, you know, order, having my steps ordered and doing what I'm called to do on this earth. I was placed here for a reason. Okay. So my kingdom work is figuring out what that reason is and doing it so that by the time I die, I've left my mark in what I was expected to do. I, I don't think there's anything else and it would be great if everyone worked on their mission and what okay. they're supposed to do Point. so that we can all have a better world. Exactly. Point well taken. We're all yeah. arguing, not us at this table, right. but I'm just saying no. the larger world is all arguing about trying to tell other people what the kingdom message is and no one's focused on actually doing anything to change their world. That's you know, precisely what yeah. about the yeah. man in the mirror. The, mm -hmm. I think that's kingdom work, right honestly. There. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's precisely well, what we're talking about exactly. here. That's exactly mm -hmm. what we're hoping that this conversation go to. Because it was, it was an, it's an individual thing that we must do. When we were in the um, other podcast, when we were talking about um, charting and stuff like that, and I was saying how, you know, I think we should all be coming together to try to be the best that we can be. And you, you had said, well, you can't save the world. You can't make the world. You can only fix yourself. Right. Yeah. But when, wow. you're, when you're working on yourself, when, you, when you're putting all your efforts into working on yourself, it does become a collective Yeah, that changes the world. Yeah. It, it, right, change comes into the world when we individually work on ourselves. The kingdom of God is within us. We have to work on ourselves in order for the whole entire world to, to literally be a part of God's kingdom. As of right now, it doesn't appear that the whole entire world is part of God's kingdom. Right, and yeah. um, earlier, a few before we started talking about the kingdom, you actually asked the question about has Christianity um, veered off? Uh, yes. So this kind of reminds me of that question because I was going to say something about how Christianity is one thing, but then maybe Christians are another thing. So <laughs> it's like there's a very good quote that I always say. I, um, it says, "I like your Christ." I do not like your Christians. They are so unlike your Christ. That's one of my favorite quotes because it reminds me that people say they're Christians and that they're blah, 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 but they, their actions don't exhibit right. any kind of love or forgiveness mm -hmm. or okay. any type of light to be shine. You sing in the right. choir, this little light of mine, I'm going to shine. And then you go live a, light, a, a life that doesn't shine. Okay. It isn't um, anything that attracts people to you. So I think the only veering off is not maybe the religion itself, but 
the actual people that say they're stewards of the religion. You you okay, can't really be an evil person claiming Christianity. I right. think that that really gives the whole religion a bad name. Okay, mm -hmm. yeah. and I'm glad you brought that up because those are very, very good points. And it's good points to what we're trying to talk about here as far as our individualness and how yes. we contribute to Christianity mm -hmm. by being um, the best version of a Christian that we can be. Now, when we talk about what Jesus taught, Jesus did teach, um, he taught love, but he also taught a whole lot of other stuff when it comes to um, what we're supposed to do as Christians. First of all, he left us with two commandments. What are those two commandments that um, Christ left us with? Right, to love God and love and your love neighbor you as yourself. yourself as yourself exactly so when we're talking about um, the kingdom being um, close to us near to us within us and then we're talking about um, uh, the two commandments that we have to love God and then to love our neighbors as ourselves. It brings us to our next question about, well, our next question that I have on the list, we're going to skip a little bit because we were talking about the role that women play. And we're going to get back to that. But because we were talking about what we were just talking about, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit and the role of the Holy Spirit. Because I think um, if God is love, which we believe he is, right? and he gives us his spirit as a gift, that means he is giving us the spirit of love within us. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. yes, yes. Okay, and that would be the only way or the way for us to be able to love God by being taught to love God by the peace of God that he gives us to teach us how to love him and to love our neighbors. Mm -hmm. Yes. Can I just say yeah. something before we delve into that? This is my opinion. I do not think a lot of, I see, let me, let me start over. Um, I don't want to generalize, but I have seen a lot of Christians that I don't believe love themselves. And that whole verse, love God and love your neighbor as you love yourself. I feel like they cut that last part out, as you love yourself. I feel like a lot of Christians know how to love God and know how to love others, but they don't love themselves. And that's evidenced by how they act. All right, you know, so how so important like, is that? Because I, cause I, there's a lot of talk about sacrifice. And mm -hmm. I think that's the whole loving others part. But no one, I feel like sometimes people think Christianity is sacrifice and being a doormat. So to mm -hmm. me, that doesn't go together. So you are forgetting the love yourself part. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. that's what I'm really seeing because people think Christians are supposed to take stuff. And I don't know why. Right. Because yeah. if I love God, I'm going to be obedient to him. And if I love my neighbor as I love myself, then that means I'm going to not hurt people the way I don't want people to hurt me. But I really see a lot of Christians that don't expect that reciprocity mm -hmm. of the love that they're putting out in the world. Okay. And that, to me, has been a problem of Christianity because people are walking around here not speaking out against injustices, which is bad. Right. Because yes. it's not just about forgiving. It's about yes. justice. Yes. You know? And about calling what's wrong, wrong. Yes, yes. So and I yes. think people need to not forget that last part, as you love yourself. Because when you love yourself, you're not going to tolerate stuff. You're going to tell people, you know what? I I love myself too much to allow you to do this to me. Mm -hmm. So we, you're going to have to yes. get away from me. Yes. I love right. you yeah. because I, as God you know, has called me to. Mm -hmm. But you're not going to be allowed to do that to me. Okay. That's what Christians, in my opinion, need yeah. to learn. Because okay. I think they're teaching us wrong. Telling us, oh, you know, don't. It's, no, no, it's not okay. God okay. called out everybody that, that did wrong. So why why can't I? You're not going to do wrong to me. I don't okay. think it's Christian. I don't think I have to be a Christian and take stuff. All right. Well, I uh, think I can tell I you. I agree with that. I'm going to love you from yeah. a distance, you, but now you can't yeah. be in my life now. Sorry. Okay. And and you guys agree with yes. that? Yes. 
because right. it comes yes. down to valuing you, yourself. Okay. Yeah. Sure. You know? All right. So you so you think that part of doing the um, the kingdom work is is loving yourself um, to the point in which you want to make sure that individuals are treating you with the same respect that you are treating others. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I don't I yes. don't see anything wrong with that. No, I, I'm, I'm just you know. You, I, in my opinion, I don't think that's been the message. I do not. I, I'm, I'm really, what do you think the me. message has been? What has right. been the message? Yeah, it baffles me how people can talk about how great God is and how we're God-like and how we have this inside of us and then they go out in the world and don't act like a God or get treated like what God expects. That's the part that I feel like is contradicting. Okay. And that's where every time I've sat in a church and listened to the message, it was like, wait a minute, you say God is this, but then you're telling me to be like that. That ain't the same. Okay. So I, that's what I really feel is the issue. So where do you think that issue came from? Where did the disconnect come? When did we get from that part to this Probably part? Probably <laughs> When they tried to use the Bible to keep us docile, yes. okay. they lied. You know, because mm-hmm. none of that said it. You know, I think they just, yeah. the way the message was carried is something that we over time learned. Okay. Where we were mm-hmm. taught to be okay with stuff happening to us. Yes. Nah. Okay. I don't so, think that that's what's within those was within the book. All it's right. just the way it was presented in a scheme to <clears throat> get you to get the parts they wanted to hear. And I think mm-hmm. over the years, these 400 years, people have carried that. That's why yeah. I said yes. the self-love is not there in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. I don't see it. And you and, opened and the, the door more, to that. She yeah. opened the door to slavery. So you right. guys are aware that um, you got a different Bible. The slaves got a different yes. Bible than the, than the regular masses of people. Mm-hmm. So you do know that um, <clears throat> turning the other cheek and being docile Yes. has always been um, given to us as a way of, of slave masters being able to have control, control right. over their sure. slave. Mm-hmm. So this brings me to the question that I skipped then about women and the role that women played biblically and the role that they play today. Now, there's a lot of controversy about women in the Bible and about women who, who preach the good news of the gospel. Or what do you guys think about that? Do you also, because if you, if you think that, that, the, that the message has been altered to fit that of a slave, do you think it has been altered to fit us as women? What? Sure it has. I mean, within the Bible, what are there, 12 women in the Bible that are mentioned? No, I think it's more than 12. Might be more than 12. More than 12, yeah. but if we... I mean, just only one named, only one book named after a woman. Two, one, uh, Esther and Ruth. Two, yes, right, yes. So, so, so that—that's the point. The they minimize the role, but look at the um, the legacy, the generations that have been birthed by the women to over all the years, from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Mm-hmm. So, women were present, but they were not present yeah. right yeah they were in the background right because yeah. women jesus talked to women mm-hmm. yes okay. he did he kept you know with a lot of women yes yes, yes. yes. exactly and they the women helped his ministry mm-hmm. okay okay mm-hmm. they were there when he died at the cross that's right and the women were the first ones who who were would witness his resurrection yeah. okay yep. yeah. and he had a lot of encounters with women yes yeah so so how has um, the role of women, the way it's been depicted into to the Bible and the way that our, our men today um, view women, how has it shaped the, um, the African-American household, I'll say? That, 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 these are two 
different. Separate. Like we talk about yeah. women in the Bible, then we talk about. But we have to talk we, because. Ooh, that's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot to. It is a lot to talk about. But I can't imagine that we African American women sitting in this living room right here are going to have a conversation about Christianity, a conversation about women of the Bible, and we don't put ourselves mm, in this in conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. because yeah. if black, black women, man, so, right, I mean, if black women are not in, in this conversation, then there's something already wrong. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so that's what I want to talk about because we are black women, yeah. and, and we we have a a place in this society, but you also know the um, hardships that. A black woman yes. has had to endure not only during slavery but even after slavery and even today. today. Yes. Sure. Even today. Absolutely. So we can't have a conversation about Christianity mm -hmm. if we're not having a conversation about how it has shaped us as women. Right. So let's have that conversation because we want to keep it real. I want to have a real conversation. I'm not trying to sugarcoat nothing. We have some real problems in the United States of America. Yes. We have some real, real problems. And is Christianity helping us with those problems or is it not helping us with those problems because we need to start talking about how we're going to build up our community of people and we need to start talking about the effects that a lot of things has had on african-american women in this country and we need to talk about because the church and christianity has played a very significant part in the lives of women if you go into the churches today you see mostly, mostly women, most yes. women. Yes. yeah yeah you don't exactly. see a lot Dominant of men. Way. You right. see mostly women. Right. So let's let's unpack that. Let's talk about right. that because when, you must have something to say. Yeah, and when you talk about the the black family, when you look at the family today, there's majority of the household there is no men, and that's not Preach. how God designed it. You know, and because and if you do have a mate, they don't have that vertical alignment. They don't have that relationship with God. Okay. So it's still the woman who's indoctrinating the teaching of God to their children. Okay. Sure. All right, let's talk about it, because that's the truth. So how, port how important it is for women, since they are the ones who are carrying this Christian message to their mm -hmm. children, they're probably the only ones in their household who is still following this Christian religion. Mm -hmm. So how important is it for we as African-American women to get it right? Oh, it's very, very important. important. To, to understand yeah. 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 from the beginning how this thing was supposed to be played out, even if it yeah. ain't being played out today. How important is it for African-American women to get the message right, sure. to be able to continue to be a disciple and get, because both you, Adrian, um, I'm sorry, Vicki and Anita, both said that not only were you comforted by the word of God, you used the word of God yourself to comfort others. Yeah. So how important is it yeah. for you to know, as African-American women, right. what is the true message? What is the real um, um, deal here? Yeah. And, and how do we fit in this? Well, it, it, as we opened and we all went around the room and we talked about how Christianity started for us, mm -hmm. I believe all of us said that it was either a mother or grandmother. I think, Adrian, you said it was a grandfather. But, um, and then I love Kiana's uh, reply, which was family. It was yeah. a fun time because yeah. it was all family mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. So even for all of us around the table, it was birthed through um, a central figure, female um, family. Yeah. But even today, so here we are, African-American women, yes, okay, so there are predominantly um, women that are leading the charge and are in the church, 
but from when we were children up until where we are today, that message is more about the spirituality. Mm-hmm. And so to pass that down to your your children, it's to be one with that spirituality, mm-hmm. to recognize it. The entry point could be in the church, but the other thing is with us ed- being educated and over time for ourselves as we read and learn the word, especially with um, through sister, Sisters Helping Sisters in Christ, I've learned that the message is there and it's not the words that are in the Bible that you read to pick up literally, but there is a firmer, truer message about right. your present day life that is being spoken of. Yes. So if you learn just through growing and reading your Bible, you'll get that message and learn how to apply it. It's all about evolving and evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, we've not veered off course. I say it's still that ascent, spirituality. You learn what you learn and understand it and then take it to that level and okay. you pass that on to the next level to all of those. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's our responsibility within the community. Um, within our African-American community Mm -hmm. to hold Mm -hmm. tight, um, share that word, and help to grow and make a change. Right, right. Well, you know, um, Christianity and the black church has been around for a very long time, but there is a shift of the generation currently that, that doesn't go to church. So I'm wondering, as that generation becomes the grandparents, uh, would their grandchildren know of the prayers of a grandmother or a grandfather that never went to church so mm-hmm. I would be interested in seeing well I mean I probably won't be here in a hundred years but I wonder if, if there if it would be the same I mean I know that we've had so many years with it that you can't imagine anything different but what if a hundred years from now there's no such thing as the black church what right. if everyone just doesn't go anymore what does that mean for the future of black spirituality okay then let's talk about that what does that mean because you know how it affected you. Sure. And um, even myself, um, I didn't talk very much about my first experience um, with church. Kiana mentioned um, earlier, you know, that we took her to church. My first experience with church, my my father um, was the one who initiated church with us. My mother was more of a spiritual person, which is what really made me start to think about the differences between being religious and being spiritual. Because I see the the difference even in my parents. My father was religious because he went to church every Sunday, but there was no one more spiritual than my mother who didn't even really go to church after she was not, she didn't have to go anymore. She didn't really go, but my mother has never lost her connection with God and and she has never ever stopped being spiritual. So that's what always made me wonder about the difference between just going to church and having a spiritual connection with your creator. And and that would and and that's what makes me think about even though um, our ancestors who were African were introduced to Christianity as they were colonized, I I don't think that they ever lost sight of their spiritual self. Even if it may have appeared that they took on the the master's religion, I don't think they ever left. I I don't think you can. I don't think you can have a spiritual connection with God and literally lose that. Right. 
I don't, I don't think you can. I, that's my personal experience. So even though you may not see young people in church, or church may, the black church may even disintegrate in 100 years, I don't think you're ever going to lose um, the spiritual part of it. I think every single human being has been endowed with this innate feeling of there is a creator. Right. Yeah. Someone created me, and I want to know who that is. Mm-hmm. And then you have that promise of God himself that says, if you search for me, I will let you find me. And that doesn't necessarily mean that that searching has to always be in a physical church. Mm-hmm. Right. It can be anywhere, as Anita Hello. has pointed out, mm-hmm. as we all have, have seen. Um, we're, we're trying to, to get to a place where we're understanding that the Spirit of God is within us. We are the church. And I think the, 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 the moment we realize that the kingdom of God is each and every one of us, we're like building blocks. Like if I wanted to build a physical, build a church, I would have to get certain material. I have to get um, bricks and mortar and, and stuff to build this church, right? And all of these materials of our, of our different, a brick is different from concrete, and you, you understand what I'm saying? But the point I'm trying to make is, I think each and every one of us is a building block for the kingdom. You understand what yes. I'm saying? Yes. And as each of us come together, as Kiana mentioned, working on our individual self to get ourselves truly and fully connected to the Godhead, as we all come together, we are building God's kingdom. Each and every one of us, we become building blocks to this kingdom. That's my yeah. Yeah. thought, Absolutely. my opinion. Uh, sorry, I agree. Um, I definitely, when I was saying that in 100 years there may not be a black church, that definitely wasn't to say that there would be no more connection to black people and God. Absolutely. Okay. There, there's yeah. no absence of mm-hmm. um, a God in our culture. Amen. We understand yeah. that. It's, it's innate, and the white man did not teach us anything. Exactly. About right. That's they what I'm trying God. to get to. Right. That's they what I'm trying to get to. Christianity. They taught us Christianity. They mm-hmm. yes. taught us how to mm-hmm. understand that there was a higher power. We knew that. Yeah. And I think we it's important that. that we that we unpack that right here in this room because it's, we may be using Christianity as our means of 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 getting to God in the sense of. It's what we do. Like you said, you go to church because you love the music. You love being, I, I, I love being with the people. Right. And having that family relationship. You know, being together in one place with like-minded people raises the vibration. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. So being able to be in one collective place, each and every one of us singly, but collectively. That's what church is to me. And when it stopped being that for me, I stopped going because when I no longer could connect with the people inside the church, we were no longer one, one family, one group of people coming together to express ourselves in the manner in which we express ourselves where God is concerned. I lost interest and I stopped going. But I never stopped connecting with not only God that was already in me, but the people around me who are also filled with the Godhead, which is why we're here together, right. Sister self Sister in Christ Ministry, because like-mindedness, mm-hmm. spirit is drawn to spirit. And it doesn't matter where you go, right. you're always going to be drawn to that same spirit that you, are, that you have been drawn to. 
You, you understand yeah. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it, it's a collectiveness that we are all here. And that brings us to the Holy Spirit again, because I don't think any one of us could actually praise God and be in the presence of God without us having a part of God within us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that is what's drawing mm -hmm. us to, to, to him, his spirit. So um, how important to you is the Holy Spirit and how has the Holy Spirit helped you in your walk? Let's talk about that for a minute because I think, I think we, we, we don't really know what the Holy Spirit's role is, so I'm gonna, I don't wanna just assume mm -hmm. that nobody knows what the Holy Spirit's role is, so I'm just gonna ask you what, what you know about the Holy Spirit, its role and how it has helped you. For me, this is Vicki. Mm -hmm. um, it's my barometer. Okay. Okay, and guiding me. Okay, and to, to seek God, to get understanding, to get wisdom. Okay. And to show, I guess, having the Holy Spirit, I'm able to let God's light shine through me. Okay. And, and not just, just by what I do, what I say, you know, how I carry myself. Because people know whether or not, you don't have to say anything right. in order for people to know that you're a Christian. It's by your walk. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you can't do this by yourself. Exactly. Because each day you're tested. <laughs> each day. <laughs> you know, so Absolutely. For me, the Holy Spirit is, is very important. It's in me to help guide me. Okay. All right. Um, Anita? I would, I would second that. Um, when I really want to pray for something and I'm fasting, I do call upon the Holy Spirit to guide me. And um, as I sit here and think about it, that's when I seek him or seek, yeah, seek him, seek the Holy Spirit. And, and it's in those trying times. Any other time, if it's, you know, I'm praying for someone, um, deep thought and prayer to really um, help and aid that is when I call for a Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And it, it's the great guider for me. Okay. Adrian? The Holy Spirit for me has been that when I wake up in the morning and say my prayers, that I have to ask the Holy Spirit to be with me because of the fact that every day there's always going to be something that comes the way that it shouldn't come in my, in my point of it and that the Lord needs to be with me, so I'm asking for him, the Holy Spirit, to be with me, uh, whatever that situation might be. Sometimes you, you uh, don't know what's gonna come your way, and you, you might say that the Lord just comes down upon me and gives me a better look on maybe someone else's situation or even a better look on my situation that I never thought about, but it came to me. Uh, we don't always get things from, I might not get something from Keanu or something from Anita or something from Caroline, but I, I feel that the Holy Spirit will give me what it is that I need. Okay. And I, and I, and I ask and pray for that every day. Amen. Amen. Can. Well, for me, the Holy Spirit is definitely, um, like Adrian said, your protection, your protector. It's, it's the part of God that's here with me as I journey on earth. So it's also that voice. When I'm here, when I'm talking to God in my head, I feel like it's me and the Holy Spirit going back and forth because it's, it's that it's that part of God that is with me, you know? If there is, you know, a 
separate entity that's somewhere else in the heavens. The part that's with me as I'm here is the Holy Spirit. And it's something that you really, really feel. Like I'm, I can't explain it. It's such an amazing connection, such an amazing feeling. And if there's anyone that has never felt it, then I'm sorry, I can't explain it. But I know I feel the Holy Spirit. That connection, that thing that when you're going about and it tells you something, it's a signal saying, hey, that's not safe or hey, that's not what God would like Amen. you to do when mm -hmm. you change your mm -hmm. direction, you change yeah. your ways. That's mm -hmm. nothing but the Holy Spirit reminding yeah. you of who you are. You know, look, you, you're a child of God. You don't do that. You're a child mm -hmm. of God. You don't go there. You're a child of God. You know, so yes. I'm just grateful to have that. And, and the Bible calls the Holy Spirit the helper. So right. I'm mm -hmm. appreciative mm -hmm. to have mm -hmm. this help on the journey. Because as Vicky pointed out, you can't do it by yourself. Right. You know, you just can't. And it's, and I like I said earlier when we started, I didn't feel this until my 20s. I never felt anything when I was a kid. But now I do. And it's a big difference. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm saying that that must be the Holy Spirit. Because okay. I feel it. Yes, and you're, and you're right, because um, the Holy Spirit is the reason why you're able to sit at this table and even have a conversation about God and about Christ, because the Holy Spirit helps you to witness, to be a witness, to be a witness for God. We, we are able to do that through the Holy Spirit. And um, so, as a matter of fact, when Jesus was in Luke, I'll read a scripture, Luke 24, 49, and I'm going to read it from the English Standard Version. And it says, and behold, I am sending the promise of my father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. So it is the power of the Holy Spirit that allows you to do the work of correcting yourself to get yourself ready to be part of the kingdom, right? So none of us can change who we are. No, none of us can change our behavior without the help of the spirit within us that, like Kiana says, and like Adrian says, and like Vicky says, and like Anita says, that has guided us on this journey. And I feel the exact same way. I don't even know how far I can get without the um, help of the Holy Spirit. Now, Kalia, I know that you've been sitting here and you've been listening, and I know that you, um, probably are taking in a whole lot of stuff because I, you, I know you told me from the very beginning that you didn't know a whole lot about Christianity. But in just a little bit of time that you've been sitting here, have you learned or have you gotten anything from this conversation that you would like to talk about? Yes, I learned a lot and I'm just sitting like thinking, I'm just sitting, rethinking everything. Like, say, if I go through like something hard, like, cause I am in college, so I go through a lot with like financial issues or like studying. So I just, I've learned a lot just by sitting here. Okay, and is there anything that you want to ask or any questions that you might have for the ladies or um, anything that um, you're wondering how you yourself can, um... let me ask you a question. Okay. Do, you, do you talk to God? Yes, but recently I feel like I only pray when something bad happens. I want to learn how to pray when something good happens. Okay. All right, so you know what? I, I'm glad that you said that because what it is that you're saying is that you want to praise God for the good times as well as the bad times. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so, ladies, I'm going to ask you all sitting here this question. We have this, uh, how old are you? 
18. We have this 18 year old here with us and part of the job that we're supposed to do as disciples of mm -hmm. Christ is be able to teach and educate and bring to him little ones such as this so I'm going to put you all to the task and I'm going to um, tell you ask you to use what you have learned to direct her so that she can get herself to a place where she can be sitting in the same seats that you're sitting in at one time and she'll be able to tell another young person you can share this information with somebody that you um, know from college and this is what our jobs is so I'm going to put you on the spot ladies and tell you to uh Help us sister out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, mm -hmm. okay, so I would say from the moment you wake up, you open your eyes and you realize you are awake. Give thanks. Give thanks for every single thing, good, bad, or indifferent. I would also say if you've never tried it, try meditation. Because with meditation, it allows you to just go inside. As we, you sat around the table and you've learned where we go within. Mm -hmm. Going within helps you to hear God. And you'll be able to discern the voice. Because God is always talking yes. to us. Mm -hmm. If you drive or if you're walking and you something says, pay attention to that. Or look over your shoulder. And you do, and it's either something you need to pause for, mm -hmm. or it's a street, or it's a store, something that someone had told you about, and now it's making that connection for you. But that is the voice that speaks. Mm -hmm. And the more you quiet yourself and learn to listen, the more you'll be able to speak to God. And in those times, you can speak. You'll ask for guidance, and you will see then that God will always hear you. And most importantly, you know how to listen and hear when God is speaking to you. That's great. That's great, Anita. Yeah. 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 Oh, <laughs> um, I, I second everything that Anita said. Um, starting out with gratitude, that's your best introduction to talking to the Lord, mm -hmm. being thankful. So um, what I started in January was a gratitude jar. It's my first time doing it. Everybody talked about it for years and I never actually did it, but now I do. I write down little notes and I put it in the jar and at the end of the year, I'm gonna read them all. Um, but it doesn't have to be that, but just being conscious of expressing gratitude throughout the entire day. And I've noticed that the more I take note of small things, more small things happen. So it's like I get so excited about something minor, like the, like you mentioned finances. I'm always struggling with finances. And one of the things I constantly share with my mom is how I know I have like $11 in the bank, but I have this list of things I need to buy. So I go to the store and I pick up all the items and then I'm sitting online like, oh God, I don't want my card to get declined. What should I do? And then the voice back is like, trust me. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Then I get to the register and it's like, your total is 1099. And I'm like, Thank you, Jesus. You know, now that literally happens every single time I go to the Amen. store. And I'm Amen. so excited. I come back and tell my mom and I say thank you. So it's like, because it's always happening and I'm always acknowledging it, it's gonna keep happening because it's a relationship that you build, this trust, this faith, you start building it up and then God just wants to keep showing you. It's like the game of catch. I've never had a pet, but I know how the game of catch goes. You throw the ball, the, the dog brings it back to you and it's just, over and over and you're like oh god i get sick of this you know how many times am i gonna throw the ball and you're gonna bring it back 
But the good thing is that's exactly the relationship with God. It's, it's a continuous thing. You're gonna put your faith out there and mm -hmm. he's gonna bring that ball back with the thing that you thought was gonna happen. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing. So just trying it and seeing it and it coming back, you're gonna be amazed. Cause I'm so amazed. Like I get so excited. I cannot explain <laughs> this magical thing that happens with God. It is so magical. So that, that is it, gratitude. Once gratitude, you keep acknowledging yeah. the small things, keep pointing it out. Like Anita said, you're gonna start seeing, you're gonna start hearing his voice all the time. Mm -hmm. You're gonna start getting all these confirmations, all these intuitions, and that's God talking. Mm -hmm. So maybe at 18, you don't even recognize mm -hmm. all the times God has spoken to you. But now that you're aware that those little messages should be noted as God, mm -hmm. it's gonna pick up. So yes, gratitude. And also what works for me is journaling. I write all the time. I write down everything so i write down when i'm happy i write down when i'm sad and the reason why i do that is because when i'm reading it over and seeing how happy i was about something or how sad i was about something what i'm really doing is reminding myself of what god has done in my yes. life yes. so even if it's something good i'm reminding myself oh god did that great thing for me and if it's something bad i'm like oh you know what god brought me from that bad thing because today i'm not in that situation so either way yes i'm very happy so again gratitude and then also I would suggest talking to God as if it was a person in the room. Yes, I was going to say talk. that. Yes. Because yeah. people yes. sometimes get concerned like, well, I don't know how to pray. I don't know mm -hmm. what to say. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, just, just start, start talking, talking to this person as if it were a person. Yes. That's what I started doing like a crazy yes. person. And I don't care if people think I'm crazy, but I can tell you. I have a conversation with God. I yes. say words out loud and I hear words back. Words that I'm not saying. So, hey, call me crazy, but this is my relationship with God. <laughs> I just talk and I get answers yes. back. It's a yes. full-blown back and forth thing. Yes. So, you try. Now, I'm not promising that the first time you say something out loud, you're going to hear something. <laughs> but I do promise that eventually, I think you will. Because, yes. I, I mean, it worked. That's what he's doing for me. So, I, I, I know that he can do it for you. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. So just talk to God. It's, it's a very, it seems so complicated, but it's a very simple nope, thing. Take that first step, try God, and you will not be disappointed. Right. Okay. And don't let it be about religion. Let it be no, about your, your own personal journey mm -hmm. and your walk with the Lord. I am going to suggest one other thing, though. Every single thing that these ladies suggested are good. My second thing that I'm going to suggest, since you are now my intern, is that you spend some time in ministry with us because that is the best way for you to really learn about God is to be around people who are learning about God. And as each of us are sharing our experiences with you, you may even realize that you have an experience that you need to share that you didn't even realize was part of this whole journey because every single one of us is on a journey. And every single one of us um, has the ability, as we just was talking about, because the kingdom of God is within us, every single one of us have the ability to have a connection with our maker. Right? So I'm going to make some suggestions that you spend some time in, in study so that you can learn about some things, so that you can get closer to um, the heart of the matter. Mm -hmm. And I want us to have a prayer. I want us to pray. I want us to pray right now while we're on um, the airwaves. And we're going to pray for Miss Kalia. And we're not going to pray anything specifically because there's nothing wrong with you. Our prayer is that God will meet you where you stand and where you are so that um, from this moment... I'm going to put it to you like this. When I was 12 years old, everybody talk about when they came to the Lord when it was a, pretty much around that time. Mm -hmm. When I was 12 years old, I came to the Lord too. 
And the thing about it is that I stumbled across this, um, this little pamphlet that was inside of the basement of a church that, you know, I was at a church and like Kiana, I wasn't really listening to what the preacher was saying, but I had always had something within me, some sort of relationship that I couldn't identify, I didn't know what it was. But I came across this pamphlet and I, this was when I was 12 years old and you know how old I am now, but I'm not gonna say it over these airwaves, but it was a long time ago. But I actually still remember that prayer and I'm gonna say it for you today. Okay, and if you agree with what I'm saying, all you have to do is say, me too, okay? So the prayer that came across on this uh, little table is said, forgive me, Lord, I believe Christ died for me and that his precious blood will cleanse me from all of my sins. By faith, I now receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart as my savior, trusting him for the salvation of my soul. Help me, Lord, to do thy will each day. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Now, I said that all those many years ago, and the thing about words is that words have a great meaning to me. So what I did was, first of all, I acknowledged that I needed God in my life. But what was the most important that I always held on to and I always reminded God of is that was in that moment, I made God responsible for my, my life. You understand what I'm saying? It was in that time, in that moment that I now understood that God was responsible for me. So every single time something happened or I was afraid or I was discouraged because I always knew that God was responsible for my life, I always went to him and said, what do I do now? What do you want me to do now? Because if he is responsible for me, then he's going to be the one who guides me. Now, I was 12 years old. I didn't know what I know now. But it didn't matter because in my little infant mind, I was thinking, I have this God who's going to look after me for the rest of my life. He is now responsible for the rest of my life. And that's who I'm going to go to for the rest of my life. And that is what I've done. Since I was 12 years old, I had no need of other people to teach me anything because I knew where my source was. You understand what I'm saying? So if you today, Kalia, can say in your heart, in your heart, that today is going to be the day that I invite God in and that today is going to be the day that I have expectations that God is going to guide me on this journey then today will be the day that God connects with you. And every single thing that happens in your life from this point on will be God guiding you. Is that what you want? Yes. Okay. All right. So from this Amen. day forward, Amen. God is going to guide you. Yes. And the only thing that you have to do every single day is just remind him that you gave your life to him and that he is the one that's responsible for you because when we surrender our own selves then that's when we allow God to come in and teach us and show us and take us on this journey okay so that yeah. means from this day forward nothing bad is going to happen to you and even if you perceive something bad happened to you it's not really bad I just want you to remember that God got you can you remember that Mm -hmm. Okay, so you, from this day forward, God got you. You chose God today. Yes. And it's always yes. a choice, a free will choice. Mm -hmm. So that's a beautiful thing. It is. It is. Well, 
I mean, hello, I think the angels are probably rejoicing in heaven. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we just had a, a young yeah. soul who just gave her life to the Lord. And you guys are sitting here like this happens every I day. I clap. I know. I know. <laughs> Like, give I, her love a hug. Yeah. I love yeah. her. I love her. She needs some loving um, right yes. now. Give her a hug. <laughs> all right. <laughs> that's all Oops. right. She can get a hug because that's right. All right. So we're going to conclude this episode. And um, we unpacked a whole lot of stuff. But the bottom line yes. is this. We want everybody out there to not focus on the messenger which is a lot of times we have a tendency to focus on the messenger. But I want us to focus on the message. And the message is um, the kingdom of God is here on this earth and the kingdom of God is us. And if each and every one of us begin to work on ourselves, begin to trust God, begin to call on the Holy Spirit, we will f literally change the vibrations here on this earth and the kingdom of God would truly be here on this earth. So I want us all to commit to that. Can we all commit to that? Yeah. Yes, all absolutely. Right. All right, so this is Caroline Bethia Jones and um, I'm gonna sign off and say thank you, we love you. And I want you to keep this in mind too. Vicki said it um, earlier. No one should have to tell you who belongs to God because you can tell them by their love. That's it. Because God is love. And if the persons that are claiming to be godly do not have no love in their hearts, you can pretty much say that they literally are lying. Because you cannot be a part of God, a part of his kingdom, and not love on people. So let's shine our light. Let's love everybody. And let's make this a better world. Amen. 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 All right. Amen.